0: world's most super duper pinball podcast it's Canada's pinball podcast episode 246 happy monday morning everyone i feel like we're finally getting back into the swing of things here. I'm shedding off some of the rust of being away for six weeks and I have a fun episode for you guys today. So what I wanted to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I wanted to talk mainly about a topic that I saw on Pinside which I thought was really, really interesting and it is the whole notion of how do you talk to people who are not into pinball about pinball, all right? Not just about how much you spend on your games, but why you're into the hobby, um, why you have the amount of games. You have all that stuff. I think all of us at one point or another, we end up wanting to or having to have conversations with people who are not into this hobby about this hobby. I want to talk about that a little bit later on, but first, let's talk about some pinball news. But before I get there, I want to just say that since I've been back, I've been getting sort of like a little bit of a mixed bag of reactions to my approach on this show. And some people are saying, you know what, like I thought you would come back a changed man and then I heard your threat to Stern Pinball and I knew that he hadn't changed and I'm never listening again. Um, I want to just first start out the show by saying um, the comments I made about Stern Pinball And threatening to take something away from them if they didn't give me something. I want to rescind that statement. And what I mean by that is the threat is off. There is no threat. I am not going to reveal anything that Stern would not like me to reveal. And I'll tell you why. Because when I stopped and thought about that comment, I realized, and I came to this on my own accord, uh, I realized that... Uh, Doing that would do nothing other than hurt the hardworking people that work on these games. And I know it's easy for us to look at these pinball machines and be overly critical about this and about that. But the truth is, behind every game is a team of people who work really, really hard to get that game to market. And especially in the case of Stern... If you think a Stern Pinball Machine is just the designer or, or Mr. Gomez or the marketing team, uh, it's way more people than that. It's all the hardworking people that work on the line, it's the hardworking programmers, it's the artist, it's the designer, it's you know the, the coders, the sound people. Uh, there are so many people that don't deserve to have what they worked really hard on spoiled by a jackass like me who's just wearing a headset from his kitchen in New York City who didn't lift one finger to make the game. Alright, So I'm not going to be that jerk. So uh, what I'll say is this, Uh, while I do know what is coming from Stern Pinball and and I have seen some really amazing stuff uh, uh, going on over there, I'll just leave it at this. I think you're going to be very, very happy with what you see from Stern Pinball in the future. I, I, I know that the only reason stuff ever ekes out of the Stern factory walls is that people are super excited about what they're working on. And I think you will be very excited when these games are finally released. Um, I don't know when they're coming out, uh, but I can tell you that with where Stern is at, they are still gonna dominate this hobby for, for many, many, many years to come. And I, I think there's a lot of great titles, and I personally uh, am excited to potentially buy one of their future titles that I think would look amazingly well next to anyone's Batman 66. So I'll leave it at that, all right? Is that fair? Canada's not going to be the jerk today, all right? There's no alcohol in me this morning, just coffee. All right, let's talk about some pinball news. Let's get right to it. Uh, So I got a message from Zach over at straight down the middle, and he he's always like trying to convince me that Pirates of the Caribbean is a um, is a game worth owning because it's fun. And I want to start with JJP because I think JJP just did something very 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 interesting a couple days ago, and it's worth calling out. And 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 this is this is big news. They did a code update for the Hobbit pinball machine. And it is a it is a massive code update. If, if you haven't seen the update itself, I would go read everything they put into it. Uh, but all all they had I, they had me at there and back again, multiball or wizard mode. Um, there and back again was my favorite mode from the Lord of the Rings pinball machine. Uh, but it just goes to show that they have not given up on making the Hobbit as good as they could make it. And and I think that that's an interesting move on JJP part because we just assume that Hobbit was the game that they were just going to forget about, that sales w- emphasis would all be on Dialed In and on Pirates of the Caribbean coming out. But it seems that Hobbit, and I've been saying this, I do think that The Hobbit, when you look at used game sales and what you get for the money, I, I, I think it's hard to deny the fact that The Hobbit is looking like one of the best bangs for the buck in the pinball market nowadays with everything that's in that game. If you can find a good condition Hobbit, which they all are in good condition, because like, let's, let's be honest, hardly any of these games are on location and get routed and beat to shit. For the most part, Jersey Jack games are ending up in the homes of collectors. And, and I think you can find a Hobbit for a really good price And now this code update sort of makes it an even more attractive purchase. Um, You know, here's the thing too. Whenever a company updates a code on a game that we thought they were long done with, uh, I think we got one. Didn't we get one like on The Walking Dead recently? And everyone was like, oh my god, I can't believe there's a new Walking Dead code update. Or maybe it was Metallica. I'm getting a little fuzzy on these older sterns. Um, But I think it's just a moment where we all should universally just applaud the company for continuing to polish the game. Um, That doesn't stop some of the Pinside trolls who just always pop up in the Hobbit threads just to poop on it. And I have to call a Pinside user out here. He goes by the name CSCMTP, and he wrote, this is what he wrote, he wrote, I still don't see how code can save a PIN with such few satisfying shots, but updates are always a wonderful thing. All right, well look, I, I think that code and a game go hand in hand. That when a code is amazing, it can really help a game that might not have the world's most satisfying shots. Because the other game that I'm always talking highly about that I think the code does make a game very satisfying, even though the shots aren't anything to write home about, is Batman 66. I mean, when I shoot Batman, there's nothing going on in the actual shots themselves that feel hugely satisfying. I mean, you've got two ramps, two orbits, and a big center you know, rotating mechanism, and then you have a scoop. There's really not a ton that is like, oh, wow, I just hit that in Batman. Uh, And then, of course, the crane. But the code brings it all together. So, uh, you know, I I don't think you can separate the two. I I think a pinball machine is meant to be 50% code, 50% shots. And sometimes when they're in unison together and when there's that right harmony between the code and the shots, that is what makes a game really fun. And ultimately... Ultimately, and I want to address what Zach was saying about Pirates of the Caribbean, and ultimately, isn't a game being fun all that really matters? And and for some of you out there, certain games are fun, certain games aren't fun. You know, I, I didn't have fun shooting Houdini. Some people love Houdini, and that's the hobby we're in. If you love it, buy it, enjoy it. It doesn't matter what anybody says, right? Now... My issues with Pirates are simply this. I get that Pirates could be fun. I get that Pirates... um, The Pirates theme itself, you know, being a Pirate is something that could make for a fun pinball experience. My main issue with Pirates of the Caribbean will just always be this. Is that nobody wants Pirates of the Caribbean as a theme in 2018. And I just question the fact that Jersey Jack land it on a theme like this when the actual movie property is so irrelevant right now. And not only that, but for you gentlemen out there who buy pinball machines, nobody, and I mean nobody, was asking for another Pirates of the Caribbean pinball machine. The only reason they're making this game is that Jack's big billionaire investor, was a fan of the original Pirates the Caribbean game from Stern and Jack probably also remembers selling that game when movie number one was out and it was actually a hot property and he saw how well it sold back then and that is the only reason why we're getting Pirates now. Now look, I get it. it's it, the, the, the pinball experience can be fun but I still think when you get to the point when you're asking people to spend nine to twelve thousand five hundred dollars for these pinball games, people do want themes they love. They do want themes that emotionally stir them. And you know, it's unfortunate that we had games like Ghostbusters, where like everybody loved the theme, but it was one of the worst shooting, and I think one of the least fun pinball experiences I've ever played because of how frustrating the game is. And I just wish Jack would have made a game that actually had a theme that people universally loved and wanted in 2018. And that's it. It, it, it might be the greatest pinball experience. Um, it might be tons of fun for people to shoot. I think all pinball is fun on a certain level. But once you ask people to spend that kind of money, I think they want a theme that they really want. And that's it. That will always be my reaction when a company releases a theme that is just a real head-scratcher. It's the same reason why I think Oktoberfest is the absolute worst theme that American Pinball could choose for a follow-up title. And I am not even going to tell you how many people are like, well, what about you know, what about like Big Bang Bar and no, you know, the Gophers game, no good Gophers. And um, am I even am I even getting these themes right? Sorry, it's Monday morning. I'm kind of just waking up with a cup of coffee. Um, but like Roadshow, you know, all the quirky original themes that they made back in the day. And I, look, I still, I still, I don't think you can uh, market a game like Oktoberfest in 2018 and have it be successful because I still think the majority of these games are not for location-based play. They are for home collectors and home collectors would rather have a theme that they are uh, emotionally attached to versus Oktoberfest. Again, the reason I say this, I'm, I'm not just like trying to be a jerk, the reason I say this is I never saw anybody ever, ever, ever when in in threads about what theme would you love to see in a pinball game, I never saw anyone say Oktoberfest. So then I, it, it begs the question, what market research did you do to know that there was a demand for Oktoberfest? See, you can't just be like, well, pinball guys like beer and pinball guys like women. And so what festival out in the world combines those two things Oktoberfest uh, I, I again I just think if they make that game American pinball is gonna be financially um, in, in, in hot water I, I don't think they're gonna sell a lot of them and you need your second title when you're a boutique pinball company you need your second title to sell better than your first title and I still think Houdini is a better theme than Oktoberfest for pinball all right but we'll see look you guys can buy it if it's fun go ahead by all means, knock yourselves out and buy Oktoberfest. Um, it is it's it's it is what it is, okay? I I, I, I just don't think it's going to do well. All right. What else is going on in the pinball world right now? So there's not tons of news going on with these manufacturers. Uh, I still see people in the home pin thread wondering what's going on over there. There is no new updates uh, other than what we said last week. Uh, Mike is having issues with China and, and the factory situation. Uh, I I still, every time I see Thunderbirds for sale for $5,000, I I, I don't know who's buying this game. I I, I don't think there's a lot of excitement around it. It just is the way it is. You know what there is excitement around, um, and that is Iron Maiden Pinball, and I've just been reading the thread, just seeing if there's anything going on with code 1.02. It seems like people are having some issues with Iron Maiden, the new code update in terms of the volumes, and when... Uh, callouts are occurring it lowers the volume on the music so I think people are looking for stern to sort of address um, how the layering of the sound is is happening in the game uh, it should sound like the music is always at the same level and the callout is happening over the music almost like you're listening to Iron Maiden on a jukebox that's playing right next to your pinball machine it, it shouldn't the volume shouldn't go up and down and I noticed that too on Batman a lot and again I only have Batman but I noticed that the volumes uh, on callouts and the music, it's not always equal. Like some of the music that is played in Batman is louder in, in certain modes than in other modes. And it's, it's, just, it's just curious to me that they can't seem to get all the volumes at the right volume, right? All the sound at the right volume, depending on the mode you're in. Uh, I know that people are complaining about the knocker sound in the game because, you know, Stern removed the real knockers from these games and they're just using like a fake knocking sound. I know that people are sort of having some issues with that. And then when you put a shaker motor in, I think people are having uh, some difficult issues dialing in the shaker motor. Uh, I wish I had shaker motor issues. I have a shaker motor in my Batman 66, but I have to turn it off uh, simply because my neighbors complain every time the shaker is on. So unfortunately, I, I don't know what it's like to have the game shake when I hit the penguin crane. All right, but other than that, other than that, I think that uh, Iron Maiden response continues to be super positive, and, and it's good to see people are, are loving that game. And we know Deadpool is next. Um, if you were to ask me when I think Deadpool is going to come out, I would expect us to see Deadpool sometime in July. Uh, the reason why I think there's always like a cadence, if, if we think, you got to work back from... Expo or immediately after. So I think Stern is going to do another thing where they boycott Expo and they reveal their next game probably in early November. So if you work back from there uh, usually there's three to four months between Stern reveals. So if we go back from November you have October, September, August so you're looking at a July probably early August reveal for Deadpool. That gives them enough time to get that game on the line get people to buy it and then reveal the next game, which will be the Munsters. Okay, so that, and then we have Beatles as well. But I think Beatles is going to be uh, 2019 early on. So that seems to be what is coming from Stern. The big question mark is where, will there be another Vault Edition that Stern releases alongside those two titles? Uh, I saw someone pose the question, would any previous Tron owners rebuy a Tron Vault Edition? Now, Tron Vault Edition has been sort of teased and and sort of speculated on for a few years now. And I think people have sort of always had George Gomez's statement in the back of their heads. Um, I think he said something like, you know, whatever people, the big titles people are expecting, we're we're most likely going to do. Something along those lines. Um, The only issue is years go by and and nothing really happens. We've seen a vault of of ACDC, um, we saw Spider-Man. Uh, the two titles that I think people would run to buy would be Lord of the Rings and also Tron. I think these were the two titles that, uh, for a few reasons, I think first and foremost, they're just some of Stern's best games ever, right? They're, they're some of Stern's best game ever. Both of them, Both of them could hugely benefit from an improved art package. So if you could just imagine both of those games getting uh, some of these modern metallic decals on the cabinet, I think immediately everyone would just want the better-looking version. Especially Lord of the Rings. If you go back and look at Lord of the Rings machines, the the process by which they printed the cabinet artwork on Lord of the Rings was terrible. I mean, it was it was so pixelated. It was terribly done. Uh, I think if they even if they did the same art. But just high res graphics on metallic foil and made a vault edition Lord of the Rings. I think it would sell like hotcakes. Same thing with Tron. Uh, I think for Tron, more than even the cabinet, because if the cabinets were all right, more than the cabinets, was just the playfield artwork was just it was just during that sort of lazy. You know, drag and drop Photoshop era of Stern artwork that could sorely uh, is in need of of a refreshing, um, and I think that would be great. Now, the big question that everyone has always wanted to know is, will Stern put LCD screens into the games and 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 give us better displays for these titles? Now, what's interesting to me is, I don't think you're going to see them ever uh, go back and renegotiate the license where they're actually putting movie clips from each film into the game itself. But but what I would like to see them do is actually go to the larger LCD screen and just redo the animations from the original machines themselves to, to coincide with the larger screen. And I think that would be a great way to do it. And I, I guess there's just issues with porting over um, from the Sam system to the Spike system, and, and I'm not sure like whether or not uh, they want to invest the time to do that. If I were them, what I would do is I would make Lord of the Rings Vault and Tron Vault a limited edition vault machine. I would make them each super limited edition machines, and I would make only, you know, like 400 Lord of the Rings super limited edition vaults and I would charge $15,000 for them and really update them completely. Um, that's just me. I, again, the reason why I say stuff like that is I do want to see more games uh, for the collectors versus just mass-produced games because I, I, part of me, and I'm gonna talk about this when we talk about talking to non-pinball folks and what it's like being a pinball collector, uh, I, I still, deep down inside, I feel like there's not much actually that's worth collecting and and I'll explain what I mean by that. And I also have some news for you guys that nobody knows about that is going to be exciting to many people out there who listen to this pinball podcast. But anyway, um another question that someone asked, I just want to give a quick answer to this one is this guy has room for four machines. Uh his he's go by his pinside username is Yuri Jose. He says what should I sell to get Iron Maiden? He's, he's, he's only got room for four machines. He's got a Metallica, he's got a Game of Thrones, he's got a Spider-Man, and he's got an Avatar. And he says, you know, everyone's going to say Avatar, but nope, my Avatar is beautifully mint. I don't want to get rid of it. I think between Metallica, Game of Thrones, Spider-Man, uh, and his Avatar, to get Iron Maiden, and knowing the kind of game Iron Maiden is, it's a fast game, it's got a lot of flow, I would get rid of Game of Thrones in a heartbeat and replace it with Iron Maiden. So that's just my vote. Um, All right. So look, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. On on, on this episode, I want to talk about what it's like talking about being a pinball collector and investing in pinball to other people who don't care about pinball. But before I do that, before I do that, now you know what? I want to end this episode with, with that bit of news, I think you guys are going to find really, really interesting. And, and it's really tailored to you collectors out there. And it's almost like the truth of why this podcast is back on the air, but I I want to make you wait to the end of this episode to hear about something that, um, I think is going to be something every collector is going to want to have on their, on their radar. All right. So let's talk about talking about pinball to non pinball people. Because I've seen, you know, you see this every once in a while. Um, I, I think uh, the thread was called like, I can't or I I, I don't or like something like that, where, where it was all about what it's like in a social setting when you're talking to people who are not into this hobby. And and a few things occur, right? So you've got the people that will uh, come over to someone's home and see a pinball collection and be curious about how much the games cost. And I think for the most part, I've always found it tacky when you ask anybody, anybody, how much something costs, especially when it's a toy or it's like a car or it's any, like, it's like a watch that they're wearing or a bottle of wine they're about to pour for you. Uh, My mom would always tell me, my Sicilian mother, Florence, I love her to death. Her, Her name is Providenza Florence Restivo. She would always say to me, if you have to ask how much something costs, you can't afford it. <laughs> so she would always have me go through life with that mentality. Uh, I do think it's tacky to ask people how much things cost, but we do get those questions, right? I mean, when I had the guys over installing my air conditioning, they asked me how much of this machine cost? Now, there are moments when you could, you could either say like, uh you know you could just say something vague like it costs a lot, like I don't like to talk price, uh but sometimes it is awkward if someone is asking specifically for you to tell them how much something costs for you to deflect the question, especially if it's like a good friend or someone you know uh who 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 really <laughs> deserves an answer um look, and when you tell people a pinball machine can cost anywhere, and I usually say pinball machines range anywhere from A couple thousand dollars all the way up to twenty thousand dollars, even fifty thousand dollars for some of the rare ones. You know, look, people's jaws are going to drop whenever you tell them a pinball machine is anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars. And I think collectively, all of us within this hobby, we also are shocked that anyone would ever spend twenty to fifty thousand dollars on a pinball machine. I would say, on average, a fair price to give people is like, you know. Five to $7,000 is what you could get a a brand new pinball machine, new in box. And, you know, look, it's on one level, I I think the way I look at this, and people have said this, like sometimes, doesn't it sometimes feel like this hobby is so expensive that it's, I can't believe it. I can't believe how much people spend. Um, And then you get on an airplane and you read some of those magazines that are tailored to the rich business travelers, like go, go buy a DuPont registry. And go read what watches cost, what cars cost, what like German Shepherds that are trained cost. You can get like a dog for $35,000, like a dog. Um, In the watch world, uh, people easily spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a single watch. Um, Now, with all these things, right, ultimately, ultimately, I, I think pinball, when it comes down to it, Is an actually really good investment. And in in the sense of, you know, the cost of own, the total ownership cost of a pinball machine is not really bad at all. Um, It's not going to depreciate uh, the way a, a flat screen TV would depreciate, it's not going to depreciate the way most cars will depreciate but i saw people talking about cars a lot and I, and people do this they, they, they even in the thread itself it's like i think the other toy that most of us uh, collect or at least you know buy thing, buy something we don't need it's probably an automobile i think for a lot of guys in this hobby they're they're also you know many of them are also into cars and car collectors are just car enthusiasts they far outnumber pinball enthusiasts and pinball people and I think that's why you get the car argument all the time. I'm someone who, who's also into cars a lot. Um, you know, let me give you guys an example, though, of why I think, you know, while pinball is a great investment and no pinball machine will depreciate on average as much as the average car. But, but. The ability for a car to increase in value when it's sought after is far greater than a pinball machine's ability to appreciate in value. Let me give you an example of that. I drive a Dodge Demon. (laughs) I'm sorry, my nose is a little stuffy. And and the Dodge Demon, the MSRP from Dodge is $86,000. Now out the door with taxes, I paid MSRP, I didn't pay over. I'm financing the car. I didn't just pay all for it in cash. Uh, my financial advisor told me to finance it. It's good for credit. Um, out the door, you're looking at like low 90s. All right. One just sold at Barrett Jackson auction a couple weeks ago for $180,000. Okay. Now, that to me is insane. I mean, the, I, to me, you think it's, you're crazy if you buy a $21,000 of the Big Lebowski. I think any person who paid $90,000 over sticker to get a Dodge Demon is 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 ludicrous, especially since Dodge just announced a new car called the Hellcat Red Eye. That's basically the same car as the Demon, uh, just better tuned for the street, same motor, same everything, but like just not called the Demon, and it's not limited. It's almost like... The Demon is the super limited edition, right? And the the Red Eye is the limited edition, right? And the Hellcat's just the, the premium. It's stupid. The same thing is going on in the car world as it goes on in the pinball world. Um, you know, Also, when we think about old pinball machines, remember like Monster Bashes, Medieval Madnesses, Totens? Like They used to go up in value. People used to be able to buy them for $3,000. Now they can flip them for eight, nine, dollars dollars $10,000. Um, if you look at the hot cars from... From the 90s, uh, they've skyrocketed in value. Um, but here's here's my overall assessment: If you buy anything with resale in mind, whether it's pinball, whether it's cars, let me tell you what happens. And, I, and I've noticed this universally. You develop an inability to actually enjoy the product the way it's meant to be enjoyed and you will start to develop a psychosis and an OCD anal behavior where all you care about is keeping it in good condition for the next person. You know, it's like it's like keeping your girlfriend in shape so the next guy gets to sleep with her but you don't even touch her because you don't want anything to go wrong. You know, it's that's what it's like and I, I do believe, I do believe that happiness, both in pinball and in other hobbies, it comes from actually enjoying the products. It's like buying a really expensive watch that you never want to wear out because you're afraid someone's going to rob you. and then what's the point? You know, so I I do think people are happier when they buy things simply because they enjoy using them, not because they're thinking about what the resale will be. Um, it's impossible to remove what resale will be on any of these items when you go into them because they're expensive, and you want to make sure you know it's not going to tank in value. But there's no way to actually predict what the future market will be like in anything. Uh, and, and I have this argument on, on the car forums all the time with these demon owners. I'm like, because these guys don't drive their cars. And I'm like, why don't you drive your car? And they're like, well, it's going to be worth like $300,000 in five years. And now that they know it's not, uh, they Dodge is going to keep making better cars. The same way Stern is going to keep making great pinball machines. Jersey Jack is gonna keep making better pinball machines. Spooky is gonna keep making better pinball machines. You know, it wasn't too long ago that people were spending $9,000 for a new in-box, America's Most Haunted. And because that was when the collector mentality was taking over where people just felt like if a game was rare and there weren't many out there that people would always want it. But that's not the case. That's not the case. And I think that almost all collecting is thrown out when when there are so many companies constantly making new games and improving upon the games Each year, I don't think there's anything that's going to go up in value. Um, The reason why is just why why would anything go up in value because they're going to keep making better games. As hot as Iron Maiden is in 2018, Iron Maiden LE will not be that hot in 2019, right? These games just won't hold their value. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing it. Like people don't even really want the DMD error games as much. Uh, you know, we're not seeing Tron Elise fetch $12,000 anymore. All these ACDC limited edition back in blacks, they're just sitting. No one's buying them at the high prices anymore. And it's because innovation and improvements have happened to the newer games. And people just want the new thing. Like there's only so many years you can get excited about playing Metallica or ACDC before ultimately the game experience for the person who owns it will get boring. And I've said it before. It's it's like video games. Like, you know, they make these limited edition box sets for Call of Duty. But like five years later, nobody wants it. And I think the same thing happens with pinball. There's just a natural fatigue around older titles. All right. But let me get back to the whole point. And I saw this in the thread about... It seems like people feel like sometimes they, they, they feel the need to justify the hobby to their friends who don't understand pinball. And then people talk about how they'll ask their friends, well, you're into fishing. How much does a boat cost? How much does it cost to dock that boat? You know, you might be into the beach. How much is your second home cost? I don't have a second home. I have an arcade. Um, you know, so every everyone's into their own thing. And I say this, it. You never should ha- feel like you have to justify how you spend your money. You just shouldn't. And No one should tell you what to do with your money. The only person who you have a responsibility to uh, is yourself and your family. Right? Now you should make sure your family's taken care of and that everyone in your family has what they need. They have the important things they need in life before you are buying pinball machines. If you're a 45-year-old, 50-year-old man who has no wife and no kids, yes, you can spend money like a teenager your entire life and you'll be all right for the most part, right? But in any hobby, you should never spend money on a hobby before the necessities in life are taken care of. And we see every once in a while, there's the story of the guy who has to sell a pinball machine because he's got no money for a medical procedure. And then he starts to go fund me to get his Rocky game back, you know, and all, you know, look, those people just should never be pinball collectors in general because you shouldn't spend the only money you have on pinball. Like again, because when you, when it comes down to it, I don't know how you enjoy life or have peace of mind if the only investment you have in life is pinball. I, I I think for most of us out there, though, that's not the case, that we have a more balanced portfolio. But look, I, I've had debates with people where I tell them how much it costs to buy, let's say, a Gucci blazer. And here's the thing, you can't, you can't stand in front of your pinball collection. and and fold your arms and say, this is a great way to spend money. But that person who buys a Gucci blazer is an idiot because the resale value, because let me tell you something, a Gucci blazer is just as unnecessary as a pinball machine. And it's whatever makes you happy, right? We all should just look at people out there and, and say, look, if that's what floats their boat. And it's and they're happy. Who cares what someone else thinks? I also think there's some haters. Let's be honest, there are haters in this hobby, who like to think that anyone who has anything flashy out there is insecure and just wants to show off their wealth. And those people are insecure and lonely inside. And and pinball people are different because their machines are in their home, and you know, and they're not doing it to brag. Bullshit. Like, look. How, there are a lot of collectors out there they need forums like Pinside to share their collection and feel some sort of validation and connection to people because deep down inside they know that nobody else gives a shit about their pinball game room unless they have an outlet to share and you know look everyone humbly brags a little bit when you share your game room and your collection it's not that you're bragging but you literally you just want people to see it and get excited you know, when my bedroom arcade was a national new, like, global news story, people were just excited by how cool a bedroom could be. And I was happy that people got such excitement out of seeing it. You know, I get excited when I see like Frolic's game room and other people's game rooms. I mean, some of the game rooms... That is my favorite thread on Pinside, which is um, the people showing off their game rooms. Um, I get excited by seeing everybody's game rooms. I mean, look, some people just have like one pin in, in a dilapidated garage all the way to, you know, some of these, one guy's basement has like, it, it, it's it's the arcade from Tron where the, the actual arcade cabinet, it's like Flynn's arcade. It like swings open the arcade cabinet like a door. And then you're in this amazing like basement arcade, which clearly costs... Probably like a million dollars to make. Uh, but I get excited. I get excited by grown men that refuse to grow up and are creating spaces that make people feel like kids again. And I think that's what I love about pinball. It's what I love about this hobby, is that all of you out there, you all, as much as you guys all fight and bicker and scream, you all share a common gene. And that gene is you refuse to fully grow up. And that you actually want to be surrounded by toys. And I think that's cool. And I, and I think in a world where Toys R Us is, is has declared bankruptcy and we're all just going to be ordering everything off Amazon, it's nice to see that some of us out there still want physical toys in front of us when we wake up on a daily basis. All right. And look, but it doesn't mean your friends with yachts and cigar collections and, you know, classic movie poster collections are dumber or not as exciting as you. I think all hobbyists out there are interesting people. And I've always said to me that this is always, and again, this is not me um, being sexist or this or that, but I've always found hobbyists, for the most part, to be the happier of people and the happiest people. Is happy or even a word? Uh, because geeking out over something is what makes life interesting. And people that are fascinated and really experts on niche things like pinball, I just think it's fascinating that all of you out there, you have a knowledge of something that's just really cool. Like pinball is cool, all right? Now, you could argue when you go to a pinball show and you look around and you see all these like sweaty, like overweight dudes with like stained t-shirts playing pinball. Yeah, like, you know, if I was an outsider looking in, I wouldn't be like, man, look at those bunch of cool guys in there. Um, But what those people would be missing out on is how much fun people are having at the shows and how much people do enjoy learning a pinball machine, you know, figuring out the code and and progressing through a machine. Because to me, you know, ultimately, when you play pinball with your non-pinhead friends, look how much fun you're having and look how frustrated they are. And to me, that is why I love being in the pinball is and understanding pinball and understanding like what a designer wants the experience to be like. Because you, as a pinball fan, you actually get to experience the true joy of the game. And 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 whereas like people who who just brush it off as not being something they care about, they'll never fully experience the thrill of a pinball machine. And I think uh, I would rather live in a world where I get to experience the thrill of a pinball machine uh, versus just being frustrated and, and trying to keep it from draining. Um, same way I would—it's more fun to play golf when you understand the thrill and the fun of conquering a golf course versus not even being able to like swing, you know, the club and, and shanking the ball. And the other part I would say is this because I have a lot of pinhead friends who think buying a Demon is stupid and car ownership is stupid. Um, Let me tell you guys out there, if you can't enjoy the thrill of an 840 horsepower car, then I also think part of the kid in you is dead because a Dodge Demon is like a portable roller coaster that I get to take out whenever I want and it throws you back in the seat. Like, like I'm a little kid at Six Flags Great Adventure. And it, it, there, that, there, to me, the thrill of a car blows away the thrill of getting to like a multi-ball or a wizard mode. But each their own. I mean, each their own, all right? So look, I just want to say your pinhead friends, of course, they're going to be excited when you talk pinball. 99.9% of your friends won't give a shit. Um, but you know what? It's what makes the world go round. You don't have to justify it. Just make sure. Just make sure that financially you don't go underwater owning pinball machines. And also the other part of the hobby is this. Don't get too obsessed with the hobby because hobbies can take over your life. They can become the center of the universe. And again, I implore all of you to put your health in front of the hobby. And I've been to shows and I can tell you that more people put the hobby in front of their health. And I, I really do. I say, guys, work out, just work out, for every hour you play pinball, work out 30 minutes. And you'll see, you'll enjoy your life so much more. And you'll enjoy pinball so much more when you actually feel good. I, I And again, that's just me looking out for all of you because I, I've spent too much time in hospitals, I've seen too many of my friends get sick and family members and I'll tell you when your health deteriorates, you can't enjoy any of the hobbies and you can't take any of this shit with you. And that's the final message I have on this soapbox episode is spend your money on the things you enjoy because when you die or on your deathbed, you're never going to just like be proud that you had this huge number in your like checking account, your savings account, but you didn't enjoy life. So, you know, you should work to get you the things that make you happy. And for some of you, it's going to be cars, some of you pinball. But ultimately, try and extend your life as much as you can and that, that, is, that is acquired simply by taking care of yourselves, okay? Because I do care about each of, every one of you out there and I want to see everyone enjoy this hobby for many, many decades to come. You know, we all have to stay alive so we can see Stern start to charge like $20,000 for super LEs. All right. Okay. All right, now I'm gonna conclude this podcast with something that I wasn't really gonna talk about. I was gonna wait, but I want you guys to know why I am back on this show. And look, I I know there's been a lot of character assassination of me, and and I've already apologized. And I actually didn't let you guys know this, but I sent personalized apologies to both Tim and to Levy for my behavior. Um, I, I didn't think it was appropriate. And and nor should you. Um, I've already, I, I mean, apparently people think I assaulted Brenda, which I, you know, if I pushed her back a little bit, I'm, I'm sorry. Brenda and I have been a little bit, she's over it. She, she, her, you don't know our relationship. I mean, she's an Irish woman. I'm a Sicilian Greek man. And, you know, we get very passionate. And we, you know, there's been many nights where Brenda has come home and, and, and given me a little shove, but like everyone is fine. Nobody has been injured. Um, So I went away and, you know, one of the reasons I do this show and one of the things I've been excited about that I haven't been able to talk about is I'm excited about pinball machines that I think um, are special and pinball machines that I think are worthy of collectors. And one of the reasons I came back to do this podcast is there is a pinball machine that I know about that is in the works that is really, really exciting. And I would say it's a machine that probably only like three to four people know about. And it's not being made by anybody you know, okay? It's not being made by Deep Root, It's not being made by Stern. It's not being made by Spooky. It's not being made by any pinball manufacturer that you know about. It's definitely not being made by Fast Pinball. Aaron, I got to... Come on, Fast. You guys have taken the longest time ever to get a machine out. Um, it's ironic that you call it Fast Pinball when things are moving so damn slow, brother. Uh, it's not being made by them. It's, it's There is nothing... Uh, or nobody you know about that um, is making this machine, but it's also a machine that is being made by somebody that uh, is trying to do it right. And what I mean by that is uh, by his bootstraps, he is designing and making this game and figuring it out all with his own dime so that by the time it is revealed to the world, um, all of the hard work will have been done. And he's an interesting individual because he looks at what's happened in this hobby over the last five years, and he can't believe what he sees, right? That the steps that most people have taken are usually the opposite of what he's doing. And the steps people take is they, first of all, they reveal the title to the world before they've even done any work on the game. We're going to make Alien next. We're going to make a game called Magic Girl. We're going to make, you know, this and that. You know, instead of actually doing the work first, um, you know, doing the hard work and getting... Uh, the game together without any pre-order dollars, without anyone else's money, without people's expectations. You know, it's simply a behind the scenes project. Now, the reason I've also been hesitant to talk anything about it is with all behind the scenes pinball projects, we all know that making pinball is hard and that, you know, I, I, I would love for this game to come out, but I'm never 100% sure it's actually going to happen because there are ups and downs on every independent boutique pinball manufacturing and design sort of process. And at any moment, you know, things feel like they could collapse, and and that is the truth of all pinball ventures unless you've got tons of money backing it. But here is the thing that excites me is I firmly believe that there is a huge number of pinball collectors out there that really have nothing to collect. And by that I mean, you name me a game that is actually designed for the collector. And by that, I mean a game that there won't be many of that the game experience won't be found everywhere and in you know in thousands of versions of the premium, um, that it's actually a unique experience that only a handful of collectors will will be able to have pride in owning the machine itself. You know, I don't think that buying these expensive Stern LEs or Jersey Jack collector's editions, I still don't think like those are collectible. And the reason why I don't is that the experience of those machines is replicated thousands of times over and over and over again uh, when they make the limited editions and the premiums or, you know, or the, you know, or the, I don't know, Jack's whole thing is all messed up with his naming. But you know what I mean? That if I buy Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition for 250 you know, 12,500 for only 250 of them. Yeah, but every single other Pirates game is the same. Even down to the pro, it's the same game. Um, So what excites me about this game coming out is there's going to be only, and I say only, and this is all they're ever going to make, there's going to be only around 50 of these games made. So that's it. So no more, no less. And also what excites me is that this will be a very very limited edition game that won't make you feel bad about owning it because it's not like it's not like the Big Lebowski or Alien where like hundreds of people got screwed over but you have one. You know everyone who owns a Magic Girl, a Big Lebowski, or an Alien, uh, they're owning a a bad piece of pinball history. Uh, The companies associated with those games burned more people than they appeased. They took other people's money to make the game you own and, 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 and basically more people are screwed. And I think that negativity follows those games. And also there's no support for a lot of those games so it's like if you own one good luck you're done. You know no one's there to help you out. So what I can tell you about this game is that I think it's close. I think it's close to a reveal. Now, I have 1,500 listeners on this podcast. Only possibly 50 of these will be offered up for sale. Now, I'm not sure yet how that's going to work. You know, I am in communication with the uh, manufacturer of this game. I I, I haven't seen a Whitewood. I haven't seen... (laughs) Uh, but i've seen the design all right because before you make a white wood, you actually design a game digitally um, i've seen some of the artwork and i will say wow it, it is going to be beautiful without a doubt um, and i just i really hope this game comes out because i do think that for you high-end collectors out there you're going to want something that is unique is gorgeous and is going to be something that I think is going to be a special thing to own. Um, if you're interested in this game, um, there will be more details to follow on this show as things develop, uh, but email me at canadapinball at gmail.com because I'm actually probably going to be helping acquire a list of potential buyers for this game. I've already been talking to some of you out there about it, um, but you know, I'm not going to be a show for this game. I, I will review this game as I review every other game. Um, but from what I've seen, it's going to be something really, really special. And, and, it, and, it, and again, like, it means a lot to me to actually start to tease this out into the world because uh, the individual making it has, this has just been blood, sweat, and tears and a passion project of an individual that is just an incredible incredible person. And 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 I say that too because there's just been a lot of really, really bad people in the pinball world that have stolen a lot of money from people. And I think, you know, the good people out there, they deserve, uh, you know, they, de- they deserve your support. And I think people gave a lot of support to idiots like Andrew Highway and Barry and Yop and a lot of people, you know, John Papaduke, a lot of people got support that didn't deserve it. And you know, I think too, when you guys heard me talk to Jerry, you know Jerry's a good guy, and if people want to support P3, you know Jerry delivered them a product. And you know that's the way it should work. And so more to come on this, but I, I just I can't wait to see more on the title. Um, I, I know if what I've seen in terms of layout and design concept comes to fruition, uh, I'll say this: There's going to be one in my living room, and and, and that's going to over my bedroom, and and that's going to be the one pinball machine I own for a while. And and again, I think for a lot of you collectors out there, uh, a chance to get something rare that's also made for the high-end collector uh, is going to be an exciting one. And and I and again, I think nobody's taken that approach, and I, I think it's about to come to fruition. And more to come. That's all I'm going to say. But that's the reason, part of the reason why this podcast is back is. Is I really want you guys to to get a, a crack at this title, and, and I want to I want to help this guy get the word out because uh, this is not going to be something that is going to be like on Pinside and and all these other places. It's going to be a different kind of launch. It's going to be a different kind of game. It's going to be a different kind of company, and I think it's going to be really refreshing to see a a real boutique sort of handcrafted, highly tailored machine come out into the world. And and again, if I were to compare it to any company, imagine if like John Papaduke actually succeeded and wasn't a total dingbat and actually knew how to make a game, but he doesn't, right? And I think, you know, we all got hoodwinked because John did basically, you know, he stood side by side with Amazing people at Bally Williams who actually made his games a reality. He didn't even know what to do. I mean, look, look at the damn game. Look at his Zidware games. Like nothing works on it. Not one thing works on a game after five years of development. Uh, th- this person making this game is the complete opposite approach of making sure everything is is working and functioning and 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 you know can be made. Like you know, you're not going to get a game with features that don't work or a game with like incomplete code and But again, it's early on. so Well, it's not that early on. I mean, I think this is going to be the year where we see this game. So get ready. It's going to be a little bit of like a unicorn is coming to life in the pinball world. All right, everyone. Have a good Monday. I got to get to work. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We have the same amount of listeners that we always have had. I appreciate you guys all came back. We'll talk to you real soon.